This is the Rich Eisen Show. I, I, not to quote Rain Man, but I, I'm an excellent driver. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You know what? He used to get so angry when we worked at, in Bristol. Uh-huh. I used to drive with my foot on the dashboard. <laughs> oh, I know. Today's no. guests. Chiefs General Manager, Brett Feach. Ravens linebacker, Patrick Queen. NFL Network Analyst, Steve Mariucci. Plus your phone calls, complete NFL schedule breakdown, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Good to see everybody here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Good for everybody on Sirius XM Channel 85, NBC Sports Audio to hear us. Same to the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, Coast to Coast. And also to those listening on the Odyssey app. Anybody checking us out on our podcast, whenever you're done well, please, that's your God-given, right? And we appreciate you uh, subscribing uh, to our podcast on the Cumulus Podcast Network, acquiring us wherever all podcasts are acquired. And we say hello to anybody who's watching uh, on YouTube later on, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Hey to everyone. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on the program, and it is good to see uh, Christopher Brockman back here on this program. How you feeling, Christopher? You I'm good? doing great. I'm doing great. What's good, up, everybody? Good to have you back. Good to be back. Good to, good to see you back. everybody. And, uh, What's happening? What'd I miss? What'd I miss? Uh, my wife killing my it wife. in your seat for the last three days. <laughs> well, you know, uh, on that point, Rich, I heard you guys kind of crapping on the workspace over here disrespectful and i couldn't help but notice there's chocolate all over my mic flag <laughs> so what's going on ice cream ice cream thursday it was an ice cream thursday it's still in the we left we left it in uh, in the freezer we couldn't though. clean up after ourselves i mean what's happening careful <laughs> careful i understand I apologize on Thank behalf you. of the entire cleaning staff of the Rich Eyes just, Show. Just saying. Good to see you, Bill. Good to back. see you. He's all fired up. What's up? Uh, DJ Mikey D is in D's Nuts is tapped out again. Uh, good to see Jay Felly hey, in his position. Good doing? to see you. Woke up and needed reading glasses. And Oh, just like, uh, just like Mike. I couldn't By see the way, audio. That's something you missed, Chris. Uh, good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. Lighten the candles. Lighten the candles. You know, Rich, I got to be honest with you. In lieu of me He's suffering through that Sixer game, I went to the Cheesecake Factory in Marina Del Rey last night. I was like, I'm not even going to watch this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. I, Is that where people go to drown their songs? Just tapped out. I just I tapped out. <laughs> I recorded the game and I dipped. All right. yeah, I, I, maybe, that, maybe that's where James Harden's been spending his time hey, as well. Oh, been, man. Making, hey, plays, oh. making plays at the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, come on. Because he's a playmaker. That's what I heard. I'm, I'm frustrated. <laughs> but good morning. Well, while I was helping the NFL release its schedule on NFL Network last night, I was uh, the whole five games an, that were left. Keeping an eye, I know, <laughs> keeping it, keeping an eye. But, well, we had as many games left uh, to reveal uh, after everybody else was revealing theirs, uh, as the Sixers had left in their series after oh tying it up at two games apiece. Wow. I mean, why was why would you say that to me? I thought no, we were I'm just cool. look, man. Uh, uh, here's the thing: you know how much I love Doc Rivers. Uh, the uh, a uh, person was sitting in your chair last three days, uh, Chris. Um, Susie loves Doc. The fam- the Eisen family loves Doc. Um, and uh, I am hurting for him and for you today. Um, and Daryl Morey's a friend of this program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people we, we genuinely like are in a bad spot right now. Um, but the way that this series ended, even knowing their MVP had broken his orbital bone and had been concussed and his shooting thumb needs surgery. 
And knowing all of that and seeing how the team lost two without Embiid and then got even, and we saw Harden help the team get even with a performance that we thought was worthy of the old Harden, the one who made the NBA 75th all-time team, right? We saw it. And then these last two games were so insufficient, were so unacceptable in terms of effort. That's the thing. The effort, the hustle plays. You just didn't see them. It's just like that was, okay, we got even. That's the end of it. You're supposed to get even and then get mad, right? (laughs) In the playoffs rather than the other way around. And it didn't happen. Just a a washout over the last two games, including the the game six in front of the home folks last night. And um, once again, when a team gets eliminated, we sometimes talk mostly about the team that gets eliminated than the team that vanquishes them. And that's also got to be the hard part for the Sixers because the team that vanquished them has a clear advantage in terms of depth, in terms of hustle, in terms of want to, in terms of team talent. And then in terms of talent. And their most talented player used to be on the 76 to make it even tougher in Jimmy Butler. Should never let him leave. And the team that out-hustled them and played more like a team is the team that had to be separated from their best player just a couple of weeks ago. When the coach is yelling at Jimmy Butler and the team (laughs) is going after Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler had to be pushed onto the opposite side of the court, away from the angry coach and the rest of the team that was marauding in his direction. That's the team that came together and played more like a team. What did Spose say? Should ask what, him, what, do you want to fight yeah, me? Do you want to fight me? <laughs> That's the team. Awesome. That's why I thought it was like, oh, they're out. That has already moved on. That's the first team to advance to the conference finals on. in the NBA playoffs. So should Joe Miami Heat taking a swing at Doc? Is that I, what you're saying? I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, um, just pointing out the oddities of the situation and the, the difficulty of having to swallow what the 76ers have to swallow today because they just flat out didn't show, no-showed, and this was supposed to be fixed with Simmons gone. The irony that Simmons is sent away for a player who in crunch time didn't shoot. How ironic is that in terms of difficulty to swallow? James Harden's last made bucket in the elimination game was at the 331 mark of the second quarter. 0-4-2 in the second half last night. All sorts of zeros on the screen. As we're showing radio audience, last night split 11 points in the first half, None in the second half. Just two shots. You're supposed to have James Harden taking shots, going to the free throw line, (laughs) making plays. He shot two more times than the four of us. Honestly, he shot two more times than Ben Simmons did (laughs) in game six. I'm serious. Like, you're swapping Simmons out for that guy, and that guy doesn't shoot. I mean... What is going on? So obviously the conversation going in and 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 throughout the season falls on the coach, our friend Doc Rivers, 
who was asked about his job performance last night and also job security, and this was his response. Don't worry about my job, Howard. I think I do a, a terrific job, and if you don't, then you should write it because I worked my butt off to get this team here. When I first got here, no one picked us to be anywhere. Uh, and again this year, the same thing. So if that's how anyone feels, write it, and I, I'm going to feel secure about it. The results-based business. And that's it is, but you don't do it every year. Uh, every time you're wrong, should you lose your job? No. So uh, it's the same thing, all right? But it, listen, if you believe that, then go with it. I know how I know what I did this year, and I feel very good about that. But again, if you believe that, Howard, then you just run with it. I can only mm-hmm. imagine what the rest of the iceberg looks like underneath the water of <laughs> what we know about the Philadelphia 76ers and then the whole Simmons thing. I mean, that went right down the tubes the minute he did not take that shot in the elimination game against the Hawks last spring or two springs ago, right? When Doc said he didn't know if he had a championship player at the position, and Embiid's like, "Oh, the game turned on, uh, well, you know, on 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 somebody who didn't dunk a ball, you know." Right. And then Simmons apparently took umbrage at both, and then never to return until he did return. But then he said he can't play because he had a mental problem, and then he had a back problem, and then all of those things finally were. Uh, answered enough for him to be traded to the Nets along with Seth Curry and others for Harden. And then he winds up with the Nets and doesn't play for the Nets because he had the back problem. But then the back problem, he said, was also partially caused by the mental problems. But those mental problems were so significant that it led to the back problems that led to surgery. So that guy was on the Sixers. So I understand when this season, when all that was happening, I I, I do believe, I, I would agree that we were, were you expecting anything out of the Sixers when all that stuff was happening this year? No. Okay. The Last year, though, when Doc arrived, I, I think that there was an expectation level for sure. Yeah, I mean, the team was at full strength. But it also was Maury comes in, and now we have to figure out what's this team going to look like with Doc, and I don't know if Doc's going to be there. Certainly when you tell Philadelphia sports writers to write it, they will write it. <laughs> yeah, don't challenge them. <laughs> they will write it. Yeah. He's talking to Howard Eskin? He must be, right? So they, That was who I thought. Uh, I mean, and, and, and WIP, and, and I'm sure they are chewing it up. They're having, they're having Doc Wizwit. But if you're Doc, today. would you rather stay the Sixers coach or coach the Lakers with an uncertain future? I... I I, I proffer to say uh, he might want to come back here. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to speculate. It doesn't look good. And certainly the roster doesn't look workable with the way Harden's playing. So QMB, who had an MVP season in the minds of many, um, and um, got too damn banged up for this team to survive in the playoffs longer than they did. And this is what Embiid had to say about Harden. I don't know. I think he's been, uh, obviously, uh, I'm sure, you know, since uh, we got him, everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden, um, but that's not who he is anymore. Uh, he's more of a playmaker. Uh, I thought, you know, you know, at times, you know, could have been, uh, as all of us, uh, could have been more aggressive, uh, all of us, whether it's Tyrese or 
Tobias, uh, you know, guys coming off the bench. Uh, and I'm not just talking about offensively. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, as a whole. Since when is playmaker a euphemism for shadow of your former self? It's, it's very backhanded. <laughs> now, does, does that mean he does, he's not a scorer anymore? He's, he's just driving and facilitating for others, and Maxie didn't have a very good night either. Right. Is that what that means? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, creator. Well, I'll creator, tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you what the Nets um, or what the the Sixers didn't think they were acquiring from the Nets was a playmaker. Right. In quotes, they want that Harden. They want the Harden to triple double the thirty one point damn near triple double. James yeah, that Harden. guy that, just doesn't that's, exist. That's though. what they want. That's got. Well, he did exist once. The once he can't consistently yeah, do it anymore. And that's the question. Because guess what? The Philadelphia 76ers have to do. <laughs> they got to decide about a lot of money. An insane amount of money. Yeah. Whether if it's just for one year. 47 million next 47.4 million or he declines player option and um they pay him an insane amount of money for this year and he's on he can make a, a lot more I, I i can't imagine he's going to decline a damn thing because i don't think the sixers are going to max him out or something because he's in line to potentially sign the biggest contract in the history of the nba guess what guess what's not going to be offered to him 270 million dollars from the sixers that Harden did say, though, I'm going to be here next year. The the anti-magic. Yeah. <laughs> he made it seem uh, like... I'm going to, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I, I, I'll be here. He made it seem right. like he'd do whatever it took right, money-wise to... He, well, no, he will do whatever it takes for this team to win. Yeah. Except we didn't see it. I'll do anything it takes from here on out. How about the last two games? What What gives with just shooting twice? What gives with making your only shot? Last shot of the game with 331 to go in the first half. Higher register doesn't even cover it. Like Chris so, pointed out, he played pretty well in the first half. This first is what half. Hard, well, 11 points first I, half. I mean, there you go. Three threes, what good? Well, he was a playmaker in the first half. Or no, I'm sorry, he's a playmaker in the second half. Because he didn't make any shots. Yeah. This is what he had to say. Why weren't you more aggressive? Um, like I just said, we run offense, the ball, you know. Just didn't get back to me. James, you said the ball didn't get to you. Does the coach call plays to try to get the ball to you? Nice question. Oh, boy. That's a lot on Daryl Morey's plate right now and ownership of the Philadelphia 76ers. Clearly, um, there's a lot of gear grinding right now. And, of course, right after elimination in the playoffs, the gears grind the loudest and angriest. What do you want, TJ? What do I want? Yes. You're the Sixer fan sitting here. I, look, there is just no possible way they can give this guy the full amount of money okay. that, that he could potentially. Do you think he'll be very happy about that? You think he'll try his damnedest? You think he won't go honey bunny? Here's the you deal. Think, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't think he's going to try and find somebody else he wants to play with? And Who? I don't know. Who's Somebody- going to pay him 270 Like, what team is going okay. to pay, the, especially right. based on what we just saw? So you're going to get Harden back next year with Embiid, hopefully healthy, mm-hmm. right? Because like Chris said. What about like, what about the coach? Let's put this in perspective, right? Harden got to the Sixers. There were 24 games left in the season. I'm going to try to put a positive spin on this. Yes, even though I'm kind of annoyed by it all. There were 24 games left in the season. So that's 24 times to try to integrate new players Correct. and get your team to where it was and Correct. get you to the point where you could win a championship. Yes, sir. They weren't able to do that. I'm willing to, as a fan, go, all right, let's give this a full season to see what this With team With Doc. Did. With Doc and with James, because like Chris says, 
and you've been wanting that 30 point triple double Harden. We know that you're going to get him maybe a few times a year, but that the the facilitator, the 20 point, the 12 assist guy, that's there. He can do that. And that's what this team needs. We need Maxie to step up next year. Tobias Harris is quite as kept. He's a pretty, you know, underrated NBA player. I don't know about the rest of the team though, Rich. There's no depth on this team. No well, one's giving the, you anything off the bench. It's, well, that's on Daryl Morey, and I trust him to fix it. I trust him to fix it. I think he's a smart. He's one of the smartest guys we've ever had sitting in this chair. And he's a and, James Harden fan, so you and, know and, Harden's probably not going to go anywhere. Correct. And Embiid is all-world incredible. Yeah. And I like Maxi. Obviously, um, we'll see how they can put this team together. Um, Maxi's only going to get better. I love Doc. I love him. I know that you, you're you already making that face, Chris, that I think the rest of the league makes or a lot of fans make. He got you a chip, Chris. Uh, he on. did, but you yeah. also had you also had three Hall of Famers headlining it. Yeah. Um, and you could say Rondo, you know. Rondo. Okay. On, Four. <laughs> so, right. So, um, here's what I would say. And I'll just say this, because Brett Veach of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs is going to join us, the general manager, shortly right on, on this program, and we'll talk about his schedule. <laughs> Um, and so much more. Here's what I will say. James Harden, call Tom Brady. Seriously. We had Tyron Matthew on yesterday. Tyron Matthew, who was barking at Tom Brady in the Super Bowl (laughs) and vice versa, talking about that they go way back. And what do you ask Tom about? Tom, tell me, how do I have longevity? How do I get some bounce back? I even know I'm not making similar maneuvers to what I'm used to making. How do I do it? Call somebody, whoever you want to call. Go intermittent fast. Do something. Because I believe he doesn't look the same way because, and I've intimated this for weeks, and I'm not behind the scenes, and I've never met him. I don't know him. I would just say from afar, every waking minute, Anything you put in your mouth, anything that you do in your life is all about your personal health and wellness and well-being and get in the gym and work out, and get on a meal plan and stay away from anything that might take you away from being the best physical version of yourself and give that a whirl for one year, one year. Would you do that for one year? Anybody out there, if it could lead to the largest contract in the history of your endeavor? Would you do that? I would be there, Chris. Would you do that? <laughs> anybody out there? Yes. Would you do that for one year? You should do that. <laughs> yes. You should do that, James. <laughs> <laughs> one year give it a whirl and see how it goes and if it doesn't work then do whatever the hell you want because you've got an insane amount of money live the life the way you want to live but right now we're all wondering can you do it anymore you like that i'm proffering to say you do not let's take a break brett veach of the kansas city chiefs will join us the general manager of the chiefs will join us Mooch is making his way to the studio. We've got a lot going on on this program. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial with you as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk about the NFL schedule release in a moment. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep. Because if I don't have one... 
just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we're back here on our uh, Sirius XM network, and we're, we're back here on the terrestrial radio network of the Rich Eisen Show. One big happy simulcast family. Uh, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line now that the schedule has been released. He is Brett Veach back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Brett? Rich, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, had a chance to take a look at the schedule and, and, and watch some of these rookies out here. Um, with the vets and just getting excited like everyone else for the 2022 season. Okay. Uh, are you getting some new luggage for September? Um, specific for your way that you're starting, Brett? I mean, my gosh, three out of the first four on the road. Your thoughts on your schedule, Brett? Well, listen, it's certainly a, a tough way to open the season. Uh-huh. Um, like you mentioned, three of those first games on the road and, and starting out there in Arizona and then the week four game, down there in Tampa will be will be a challenge, but you get these throughout the course of uh, a 17 game schedule, and and with the parity in this league, you get these waves um, every year. So I actually like it because you do. Typically, well, typically, you know, you come out of the gate, and and I'm going to knock on wood here after training camp with the uh, the preseason being shortened a little bit. Uh, hopefully, we come out healthy, and and um, you know we're, we're fresh, and and then we have that by right in the middle there so um at least there's a good chance we can get to this early portion of the schedule and, and have our team healthy and, and firing all cylinders and and then from there it's it's like every year it's just the 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 battle to survive and and hopefully we've done the, enough work this off season to create a deep roster and we have talent and we have a good team but like any year there's there's going to be games and and matchups that go in different directions depending on the health um 
of a team and where they are and how they're playing. Well, not many teams have three out of four to start, and you're only one of four teams to have a three-game road trip right in between. So does uh, anybody from the Chiefs call the league and say what <laughs> what gives? I'm, ser- I'm ser- well, I am serious, Brett, by the way, when I ask that question. Yeah, well, we've answered the question, and Eric Stone Street literally has zero pull with Roger, <laughs> although he may claim he does. Um, so we know that to be true, that he has no say in this. Yes. Uh, no, look, I, I know it's, it's, it's a tough deal for the league, and, and they have to get all these games in. they got to make them fit. But we're also, it's, it's kind of one of those good problems they have. You have Pat Mahomes, and there's a need to see him, and there's a need to make sure that um, he's placed in, in various places at the right time and the right day of the year and spread them out. And, and look, there's a lot of great players across the league. So I'm sure it's not – um, the easiest thing to do, but they have those super high-tech equations that figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really we can do other than we knew we were playing these teams, um, whether it was home or away. Uh, we knew where the schedule was and how it all lined up. Um, in many ways, it, it looks tough, but sometimes the way it works out, it could be a blessing um, depending on how the schedule falls out. It's it's funny because <clears throat> the schedule release thing has gotten so big, and, and it, it's um, it's a great deal for the fans, and they get to kind of do their predicting and going through the schedule. But, I mean, the reality of it is, I mean, it's, it's such a long season. And I remember last year I had some family members call and work through the schedule and kind of go through all the scenarios. And then they're like, yeah, and then we have Cincinnati at the end of the year. That'll be great having them late. Uh, easy win. I mean, they were a team that was picking in the top ten, and, and that was a team that ended yes. our season and beat us twice in a four-week span. So uh, teams change a lot over the course of a season. Yes. Uh, the chemistry changes. The, the team, you know, the team changes. Uh, in this league, if you're just a tick off or just if you're a tick better um, than you were a year before, you're really good. And if you're a tick worse than you, you were the year before, you're really bad. And, and, and so how that all plays out remains to be seen. There's a lot of work that we have to do to get back to a fifth-rate AFC championship game, but uh, I like where we are, and I like the um, infusion of youth on our roster, so we'll just we'll enjoy this now and take a look at it, but know that once we get St. Joe's for training camp, we'll, we'll take it one game at a time. Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs here on the Rich Eisen Show, and you just mentioned uh, losing to the Bengals twice in uh, four weeks to end your season in regular season. That definitely affected the uh, eventual seedings, um, and then the Bengals in uh, the AFC Championship game in your house. The previous season, losing in the Super Bowl caused you to go and say, I know exactly what I'm fixing. And word is that you said that literally leaving the building, uh, you hit the heck out of your offensive line, and you've got uh, a highly improved unit there. What uh, did you leave the uh, AFC Championship game this time thinking about your roster and addressing it? What was that? What was this time about, Brett? Yeah, think? it was a, a little bit different, uh, certainly, than the, the Super Bowl experience against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just one of those doomsday scenarios where we had an older offensive line, and in addition to that, we had a right tackle who was about to retire, and then a left tackle had a, a seizing, season-ending injury. So that, in addition to the job of those guys, are to protect you know what we feel is the best player in the NFL. So that was certainly one of those really obvious we got to go. Uh, there's nothing more important than protecting Pat Mahomes, and and we certainly felt good about our plan last year and what we did, and and, and liked that unit a lot. This year it was a little bit more of um, overall. Just we need to get better on both ends, and we have a lot of great young quarterbacks 
not just in this league, but in particular uh, the AFC and then again in our division. And, and so we have to continue to provide the quarterback with weapons and protection, uh, and then we certainly have to try to infuse the defense with more depth and, and, and more talent, in particular speed, uh, on the back end and, and, and try to build up our depth on the, on the D-line. So it was more of a, uh, an approach that we have to get better in all phases this offseason. And, um, you know, I think we – we were able to do that, and I think the way we got there was a little bit unique. And I think our plan initially in the off season was to, you know, we had Orlando on the tag, and we wanted to take care of Tyreek, and then kind of address the defense. And then the way the market shifted with the receivers, and um, the way the market shifted with the veteran defensive linemen, we kind of altered our course of action and, and decided to go um, through the draft. Uh, almost entirely and you know again I think we're happy with the way it turned out but there's going to be a lot of young guys you're going to see out there on the defensive side but I I think that we're very um, hopeful that these guys are going to be who we think they are. Okay, Brett, you, there's, a, you, there's a lot that you, you just uh, put down there. I'm going to try and pick up a couple of those breadcrumbs and I'm assuming you would, you'll know exactly which one I'm starting with and the, the word Tyreek. Because uh, you said that the, you, you left the season um, last year to address his contract first and the wide receiver market changed. Uh, his uh, situation uh, where we all woke up in the middle of March hearing that he has requested a trade and you were about to oblige him really is, the, the, the I think, the centerpiece of the craziest month in the history of the NFL uh, Stefan Diggs summed it up. He tweeted out at the at the very moment all this broke. Uh, uh, four simple words: "The hell going on?" is what he <laughs> is what he tweeted. So, I will ask you that question: "The hell going on?" What what happened with Tyreek? Best you can explain, Brad. Well, listen, it's probably a combination of, of a few things. Um, you know, the season ended, and as you know, Rich, we. When teams go to the combine, they they certainly go there to evaluate the college prospects, but they also are, are there to discuss um, contracts with their players and, and the agents that are there. So uh, the season ended, and again, the game plan for the off season was to, um, you know, get more depth and, and talent on the defensive side and, and see if we can take care of Tyreek. And uh, we had a chance to talk to Drew Rosenhaus at the combine on multiple occasions, and I think we laid an initial framework for a contract, and we felt things were kind of trending in the right direction. Uh, all big contracts take a few weeks, and you know, some take a few months. But we, we left there, and we felt like we were in a pretty good place. Um, and then, as you know, the um, the wide receiver market just exploded and, and went in a, in a crazy different direction. So we were looking at a situation where if we wanted to acquire – let's say, a veteran defensive end uh, and where that market went, we would do so, but then it would be very difficult uh, to do Tyreek. And, and, and how could we sign uh, a veteran defensive end to a contract like that and not address Tyreek's situation? Right, That would have been a problem, and, and it wouldn't have been something that we would have done given our relationship with, with Tyreek and all that he has done for the organization over the years. And uh, on the flip side, when the market went to where it went, mm-hmm. if – we did that in addition to carrying an Orlando Brown tag, in addition to the contracts that we have, then there'd be no way to address the defense and to do anything on the defensive side. So it was either an all or nothing scenario that we just took a step back. And, and this is, um, you know, the great thing about how we operate here. We, we certainly go through all the scenarios. And, and one of the scenarios 
was that if we couldn't get something done, um, you know, this possibility. And, and so it made sense that if you really wanted to add some weapons and, and, and to invest in multiple uh, players and multiple positions, that this may be the best scenario for us. Because, as I mentioned, if you do Tyreek, it's going to be hard to sign some of these veteran defense alignment. And it also puts you in a bind in years to come. And if you do the defense alignment, I mean, it, you'd probably have to tell Tyreek, you know, we couldn't do anything this year. So, again, we would have never gone that direction. Um, so after taking a step back uh, and, and, and talking things through with, with, um, with Andy and with Clark, it just made sense for us to, to, um, to entertain this trade. And, and when we realize that we can get multiple picks, a one, two, four, four, and a six, that this would be a way to hit draft and receiver, uh, throw a ton of resources on the defensive side of the football, and then also infuse money back into the cap, both in the short and long term, um, so that next year we can be a player in free agency. And so this route that we decided to take, it really opened up what we think are many avenues to improve the roster over the next few years. Fascinating. I mean, that that is that's exactly what generally managing is. That's a general manager right there. And I appreciate your walking uh, walking us through all of that. So which which contract wrecked, wrecked the buffet table uh, more than it was? Was it the Adams one? Was that the one that basically took anything that was on the table and just flipped it over at that well, point? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think as you saw, Rich, you know, they all did. And, and you know, Christian Kirk came right out of the bat and right. opened it up. And then Devontae Adams. And then it was just nonstop one after, one after the other. So we kind of thought, well, if we do this here, we might be uh, out of free agency the next two or three years. And, and, and look... This game is, I mean, gosh, it's so hard uh, to be good year in and year out. And, and you just, more than anything, you have to have a roster that can handle um, the physicality of this game and, you know, the injuries. And, I mean, year in and year out, teams are just holding on to get to the bye week so they can take a breath. And it's, it's hard. And and so, like I said, when, when we thought about this opportunity long and hard and, and to infuse, you know, not just the picks, but the cap space over the next few years. It just it, it made a lot of sense uh, to us, and and you know, I and mean, I think it worked out for for both parties. I know that's uh, kind of a a cliche there, and it's like sounds good, everybody says it, but I, I really do. I, I think that you know Miami has a chance to um, to do some things with with Tyreek, and you know, listen, he lives there, and his family's there, and it was important for him to be there, and he, you know, that was a place he wanted to be. So that's you know, he deserved that, and, and he certainly is helped us reach heights that, you know, many thought were uh, impossible over the years. So uh, I think he was deserving of that contract, and I was happy for him. And then, like I said, I was just happy that we were able to um, get resources to help continue to build this thing for the next five, ten years. And I think that we've taken the right step, and that won't be easy. And we're going to have a lot of young guys play football for us this fall. There's going to be a transition period, but, um, I mean, after the draft ended and and from the time – They've been here through the rookie mini camps. I mean, we've been certainly impressed with them and their attitude. So we're excited about um, getting this thing rolling. A few more minutes left with Brett Veach, the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll be honest with you, Brett. I'm sitting there with Daniel Jeremiah in the booth at the combine, watching the wide receivers work out. I see Sky Moore, and I'm like, that's perfect. He's perfect for the Kansas City offense. But they have Tyreek Hill, so why are they going to go get him? I, I, I'm just wondering if if you put a pin in Sky Moore seeing him or at the combine and whatever uh, evaluation you had. And then when Tyreek was going in a, in a direction where you, you thought, okay, we can, we, we might have to move him, uh, that you removed the pin on Sky Moore and you wound up drafting him. I wonder if that's, that happened. Yeah, well, well, listen, there's uh, certainly a few receivers that we liked. Um, and I think the one 
benefit or advantage that we had going through this process after we make the trade and we know that now we're going to enter the draft with two ones, two twos, two threes, and two fours. I mean, we entered the draft looking at the board and knowing that there were really good numbers uh, in regards to depth of the draft at the, both the receiver and the DM position. Um, the corner position was a little bit different. I mean, there were, there were, were good players and good prospects and certainly there'll be some uh, late round corners that develop. It happens every year, but just from the, outlook of the draft and, and where the numbers stuck, uh, stood out to us were at, at D-end and at, at wideout. And so I think that that kind of, uh, looking back on the draft, it kind of shows why we did what we did early on when we moved up for the corner. Yeah, um, it, It's a little bit of a, of a risk because you want to get everything, but sometimes if you make a move, then the wideout of the D-end that you really wanted, um, they're not there. Um, I think we rolled the dice a few times and it, it just, it, it turned out to come up um, the way we wanted to, but George Karloftis was a guy that we usually, um, in fact, we talked about trading up for him uh, as early as two weeks before the draft, but as we started to study the team needs more, and as we started to study the you know the depth of each position, it just looked like there were going to be some good DNs there at the end of one, but the corners may be gone, and I think you saw that with us moving up, and then right after we moved up, the Bills moved up to take a corner. Um, and then, lo and behold, we, you know, George was still there at 30, and then um, I think a similar situation uh, played out with the wideouts. There was going to be a run of wideouts. It was just when it was going to start, and it started right around that, that period there. Uh, I think when we took Sky right before that, um, the Georgia kid went and the Cincinnati kid went. So it's just kind of handicapping those pockets and when they're going to go, and I think our staff did a great job and our coaches did a great job of help, helping us work through the process. Uh, but Sky Moore was the guy that we thought – even if we had Tyreek, he'd be a guy that um, can come in and, 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 and do different things. So he's a smaller guy, as you know, Rich, but he plays big. He has longer arms. He, he catches everything. He's a great route runner. He's great after the catch. Um, you can move him around and play him in different positions. And I've always, you know, people have asked about, uh, you know, a specific uh, type of receiver. And, and I think we operate in a more general um, sense of we're going to find good players and we have an outstanding coaching staff and they're going to, highlight what they can do, and they're going to put them in positions uh, to make plays for us. So whether that's a 6'1 guy, a 5'11 guy, I mean, we're just going to find good football players that we like and, and, and leave it up to the coaches to put them in, in positions to, uh, to push the ball down the field and, and score points. Yeah, man, Karloff just wore so many people out. He was unblockable in some games I was watching with Purdue, and obviously you, you if you're going to go shopping for cornerbacks, Washington is a pretty damn good spot the last few years in the draft. and. So just, you know, to wrap up our conversation, Brett Veach, you know, you, you, you've referred to your division a couple times here. We, we all know it's now the deepest end of the pool in the NFL with the players that have come in from other spots now, Russell Wilson obviously being the most famous one and Devontae Adams being 1A on that front. So um, the conversation, many people are like, just, just, just when this happens, the Chiefs wind up, uh, and as you pointed out, it, it kind of your hand was forced in a way, based on cap and everything else, giving up the one of the most incredible advantages, Mahomes to, to Tyreek Hill. How will this offense look? Is it any different? Do you think, or or it'll just be similar with different names in it, Brett Veach? I, I think it'll. Um, oh, I think it'll be different. I, I, listen, I, I think it would. Um, it'd be a little crazy to think that. W- as you mentioned, Rich, when you take away one of the most dynamic players um, over the last decade, uh, when you remove him from the offense, uh, you know, some of the, um, you know, our play style will certainly look a little different. However, I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. I think that we've certainly, when Pat 
came on the scene as a first-year starter in, in the RPO and the vertical game, uh, I think that teams were, you know, slow to catch up to that, and, and we were able to just kind of rip up and down the field and score a lot of points. And there's been a lot of adjustments and, and you know, coverage looks. and Now, some of them we've seen over and over, but I think what the cool thing about this is, is you know, when you have someone like uh, Pat Mahomes and you have the creativity of an Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, I think it, it's exciting. New challenges are always exciting. So we will we look exactly the same? No. But, you know, we've said this many times, there are multiple ways to score points and move the ball down the field. So I think the approach this offseason is, you know, we're going to have some core fundamental principles that we always have and we'll look to execute them. But um, I think it's an exciting new challenge to, to, you know, get this new core of receivers, Juju Smith and um, MVS and McColl, who is coming off a good year, and then throw in Sky Moore, um, add another lineman, add a couple running backs, and, and, you know, you may see a little bit more running, but you may see, see a little bit more short game stuff. But I think it's exciting. I think the chess game is always exciting. But I think we have really good chess players in, in Andy and Pat, and I, and I think it's going to be um, something that they're going to embrace. And, and, yeah, we'll look the same, no, but I think it can be uh, very close to um, as successful. And, oh, by the way, a guy on a future Hall of Fame trajectory in Travis Kelsey, so who's one of my favorites. Uh, hey, Brett, man, thanks for the time. This is fascinating. Great, uh, a great chat. I, I truly appreciate it. Always, Rich. Always uh, love hopping on thanks, the man. phone with you and uh, look forward to catching up soon. I do, too. Thank you. That's Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, giving you a fascinating glimpse into what goes into the mind of a, a talent evaluator and a roster builder at this point in time when there's booming markets at wide receiver and a draft coming up and a combine that just happened and you need these pieces, you need that pieces and you got a contract at a quarterback that at the time sounded insane. How are they ever going to build a roster? And then as the years go by, it's like, oh, that's not a bad one. It's a deal. It's a deal. <laughs> it's a deal. Yeah, it's a deal. All right, we'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Patrick Queen of the uh, Baltimore Ravens will be joining us at the top of the next hour. Uh, we've also got our Friday fun. What's more likely, TJ's big-ass grab bag, and you're at 844-204-RICH. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, one big happy family. I, I just love that chat with Brett Veach right there because it gives you an like you're like, why the hell would they give up Tyreek Hill? And he's like, well, we went into the offseason, wanted to keep him. And, you know, that's the same thing, I think, that um, 
Steve Kahn might be dealing right now with with um, Kyler Murray. Whatever conversation Kyler Murray and the Cardinals may have been having at all, how do you think whatever they were hammering out, whatever parameters were being hammered out, if there were any parameters being hammered? By the way, uh, is that a, a great fantasy team name or a horse name, hammering parameters? <laughs> that's a good horse name. That's, that's a good a, horse, that's horse a good, name. That's a good horse yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, Down the stretch they come. <laughs> Rich Strike hammering parameters. Rich not Strike easy. not in the Preakness. Oh, my God. That's because he wilded it out after the last race. He's out there biting Rich Strike's owner's not going to run him in two weeks. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> um, he, he'll but, know how to act. <laughs> so how do you think whatever parameters were being hammered by Steve Kime and, and, and Kyler Murray's rep, if they existed, how do you think they, 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 uh, they went after the Deshaun Watson contract? It's just like, uh, let's start again. <laughs> I need to see a two. We need to see a clean slate. <laughs> a two in front of that guaranteed <laughs> money. Did you guys see Hollywood and Kyler at the Mavs game together? There's something that, that rhymes with Schmeskro that needs to be uh, looked into. <laughs> Ew. Okay, so the same way, whatever whatever they're talking about with Drew Rosenhaus, uh, you know, um, for Tyreek Hill, and then... Christian Kirk signs for all that bag, and then Devontae Adams signs for that bag, and then Stephon Diggs gets his bag, mm-hmm. and all of that. Brett Veach calls up Drew Rosenhaus and says, we're still good? And you know, <laughs> you know, you know Rosenhaus says? The old next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, next question. question. <laughs> New line, who this? Next question. Next and I just love, you know, Brett Veach saying we have to now sit down and say we've got all of these needs and maybe he's not getting into whatever else might be going on behind the scenes with Tyreek and the team or if there is anything else. But he's just talking about dollar cents. What do you pay this guy? What will that afford? What, what will that prevent us from doing on other parts of the team? And honestly, if I'm sitting there and I don't grind tape, if I'm sitting there, you know, I do, I do, I do two. I do, I'm not all 22. I just do two. I do ball carrier and the guy who tackles the guy. That's the way I look at a game, right? Who's got the ball and who tackles the guy at the ball? I'm not an all 22. I'm just a, I'm just a two guy. But if I'm sitting there watching these receivers work out and I'm like, that kid Sky Moore looks like he is ready made. Yeah. For Andy Reid's offense and Eric Bieniemy's offense, if I'm thinking that, you know they're thinking that, and they might be like, "We're going to go get and guess who they got in the draft? Sky Moore." And Sky Moore is the height weight comparison, almost to the pound for Tyreek Hill. They're both five ten. Hill's one eighty five, and Sky Moore is 195 okay and it's amazing how people will work it the tennessee titans aj brown wants this amount of money they're not paying it in the draft send it to a guy who is paying it and let's draft his height weight comp boom Traylon burks come on in with the pick we get for sending away aj brown and the guy who acquires aj brown is saying, guess what? Guess what I got? I got myself a receiver. 
And I call, we had Howie Roseman on the show, general manager, talking about, well, how do you value the wide receiver position? Maybe you're different than the way that the Titans value the wide receiver position. And his answer is like, well, guess what? I've got a quarterback on his rookie contract. I can value the receiver in a way that John Robinson of the Titans with Ryan Tannehill cannot. Guess what? Brett Veach has a quarterback not on his rookie deal. But on a deal that, as we pointed out earlier, at the time was just like, how much? And now it's like, how little is that compared to the how much for other teams? I just, I love this sort of stuff. It's roster building 101, and I love being able to give it to you here on this show best I can. Yeah, it's cool because not every team is in the same situation. So how they're kind of maneuvering and, and, and building and formulating the roster and matching up guys in different contracts, it's really fun and exciting. And maybe that's how John Robinson's like, uh, I, 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 maybe I'd, I'd love to get John Robinson on the phone. We'll, we'll do that uh, best we can. Because is he, when you're saying, okay, we're not going to pay A.J. Brown, did he get a call from, I forget if how he said he called him or what, or just John Robinson like, I got to look for somebody who can afford him and who needs a wide receiver. I mean, the Eagles are a perfect team. Yeah, there's only Another a handful of teams. Right, 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 right. It's like perfect. Sold. We don't want to trade him, but... Yeah, there's only a handful of perfect partners in that situation. Got to find the right one. Just takes one, obviously. Yeah. But I just love that sort of stuff. Hey, we see all this, and, and it blew up. We were ready to do it at this number. Now it's at that number. And once it's at that number... Look at the numbers of draft choices we can get. Look what we can do. But that's why I brought up to him. That's why my last question to him was, just at the point, just at the point where that division becomes insanely deep. Because for the last few years, it was just like, all right, who's who? it's a battle for second place in that division. Yeah, it was in a, yeah, yeah. It was like the old AFC East with yeah, Brady there. Yeah. Like, who's really going to, who's coming at the king? Really? Yeah. Or like the NFC East every year. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's coming at the king? Now it's Game of Thrones. There's, you know, there's four kingdoms here. And oh, so so just at that point, the most dynamic, arguably, and the biggest difference maker in the NFL at that connection of wide receiver quarterback to wide receiver, Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. They they don't have it anymore. So how's that going to look? Well, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that was the MVS, and Nicole Hart, you know, Michael and and Nicole. Let's go. Let's see what they can do. And um, and then you add Sky Moore to the mix. And Ronald Jones, by the way. Yeah. He's running the ball there with, you know, Clyde Edwards-Elair. Elair. And we'll see. They got to start three of the first four on the road. Patrick Queen and some interesting scheduling quirks that we noticed in the schedule coming up. 